1: This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net.
2: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who just spent quite a bit of time talking about Asari boobs on the Mass Effect lorecast.
3: <laughs> and I'm Ravada, who is not surprised at all by that. Um, what else would you have been talking about?
2: Sam asking me what I think Garrus's penis looks like. And me, definitely avoiding the question because mm. I'm skilled. I have a lot of thoughts
3: about what his dick is going to look like, but I do you know. too. My mind immediately went to ducks.
2: I you don't do know what not it's... want a corkscrew penis. No. I don't either.
3: I don't either. That's why it's a it's a tor- it's like a a worry of mine that that's what it would look like, not a desire. <laughs>
2: I don't want corkscrew. I don't want anything weird shaped. If anything, no. I am thinking obviously because I think it has to be retractable. So it's gonna Her look. Oh god,
3: have weird you seen a turtle with. penis? There's some weird reptilian and avian peens out there in nature. So I am just okay, we've already changed it way too some bad. Liz-
2: some lizards have hemipene, which means that it's split and there's two of them. And I <laughs> That's why I didn't want to bring it up. It already tangented really, really weird on that show, and now we're tangenting here really, really you weird. You brought it over here, too. <laughs> if you are new here, welcome to this beautiful chaos. Uh, but you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking, or how weird it can get.
3: Yeah. And, uh, you know, tonight, I guess we will be talking about the deep emotional connections built between two, or maybe more, if we get exciting, characters, and not just in games. So what are we talking about tonight? Ah, that is a good question. But as always, we start.
0: So here's your fucking spoiler alert.
2: Thanks for the spoiler alert, N7.
0: You weirdo.
3: (laughs)
2: now tonight is definitely an interesting one because our podcast centers on romance analysis of video game characters but we're gonna broaden our horizons a little bit widen the scope really open up and dive deep into some of the other types of relationships out there Mainly in other forms of media, such as TV or movies, or hell, if you ship two podcasters getting together. I really want to know who your favorite non-game romance is. Who has one that they are dying to talk about? Oh my gosh, how about I say hi to our patrons? this is what i'm talking about today's fucking weird guys I'm like forgetting how to do a goddamn show apollo bat knight welcome back welcome on thank you for dealing with my chaos
1: we're used to it by now
2: (laughs) okay either one of you have anything that dying that you want to speak somebody else speak
0: i'm just i'll just say that Genesis' is talking of Asari boobs on the Mass Effect lorecast was in support of another patron who had brought up some things about Asari, so it wasn't just out of the blue.
3: The blue?
0: I see what you did
3: there. <laughs> I mean, if it had been, we would have understood. It's Jen. Who doesn't want to talk about Asari boobs? It's massive. Who has a couple? Does anyone have a, have a thruple? I'll go uh, ahead oh. and start.
1: Did yeah, you have somebody in a thruple? Because I don't have one of those. <laughs> No. All right. So I am, uh, in my, in my own personal circle, I'm very much known for being a huge fan of the, uh, power Rangers franchise. And i w I've watched it since day one, the original day of the dumpster back in, I think 93. And I have been watching it ever since. Uh, I, I will be honest. I have faded out a little bit, but I've started to pick it back up because of my kids. But, uh, So, given that I am a fan of, or I've started watching since the originals, everybody automatically assumes that my favorite relationship in Power Rangers is Kimberly and Tommy, because that's the original. It's actually not, though. Uh, Number one, because Kimberly's my mother's name, and it always felt weird to me to, you know, crush on someone with the same name. But uh, my actual favorite relationship in Power Rangers is the one I want to talk about, which is Wes Collins and Jen Scott from Power Rangers Time Force.
2: Not a version of Power Rangers that I have watched. I definitely watched the original and I think I stopped after that. Um, but are they the pink and white ranger?
1: No, it- uh That's uh, Pink and White is still Kimberly and Tommy. In Time Force, a very brief synopsis, a bad guy from the future, Rancic, is is doing bad things in the year 3000. Time Force is an established police force that polices time travel. And Rancic manages to uh, kill, in the first episode, kill the Red Ranger, Alex, and then hop into a time ship and jump back to the year 2000, which is when this uh, series came out. And Jen and her fellow Time Force operatives go into a, a separate time ship to try to capture him. Well, they come to find out that the, their morphers are locked. The Red Ranger's morpher is the only one that can unlock the other, fo- the other four. So without a Red Ranger, they can't morph. And as I said, their leader, Alex, got killed. Well, you come to find out that there is somebody that looks an awful lot like Alex, being that it's played by the same actor. Uh, his descendant, Wes. So she, uh, the, I also forgot to mention the morphers are uh, DNA locked. So it had to be somebody that shared similar enough DNA to where it would confuse the morpher. So they uh, recruit Wes, who's this like spoiled rich kid kind of thing to bring him in so just so they have an excuse or an ability to morph but over the course of the series he goes from spoiled rich kid to step up and play the hero or be the hero and blah 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 and also Jen throughout the series has to come to grips with she's starting to feel for Wes and she feels conflicted because her and Alex were engaged right before he died so now she's developing feelings for his descendant and it's a whole thing Which, you know, given the fact that Power Rangers is a children's show, there's a lot of romantic entanglement for something that kids are supposed to be processing.
2: Yeah. So you keep saying Jen. And so I'm putting myself into this because that's just the way that my brain
1: works. I figured as much.
2: uh, I do love somebody named Wes or Wesley. And but he's on a completely different show. Uh, it's the one
1: you mentioned. I also love those two.
2: Yes. No, but that's definitely interesting how that dynamic would play out. And so it sounds like a very complex relationship that you could definitely build over multiple seasons and a very interesting plotline. I like it. So thank you for bringing Power Rangers on to the two
3: girls. That's crazy. I have a question i've never watched her power Rangers. For, for you i guess bad day because i've never watched power rangers but i'm like is there not like is is everyone just fine with her like getting with his his grandbaby or however like it's, see, mean, it's really like rainera targaryen like her getting with her uncle she, that's what uh, it feels like
1: she of course she starts to notice that she may like him and uh, jen is actually in the show is a very you know she is It's funny, one of the other reasons I love Time Force is because it's always designated that the guy in red is 90% 90 of the time the guy in charge. And Jen, who is that team's pink ranger, is actually the one in charge. She has the highest rank underneath Alex, who, as I mentioned, is killed. So they take their orders from her. And so there's the whole thing of she's like, you know, wes isn't technically part of the team we just brought him in because we needed him to unlock the morphers but then she starts to notice he's actually a very noble person and she's you know and you see it it's played it's, it's acted out really well the actress Erin cahill does a phenomenal job for playing the character of jen scotts she's like okay i can't i can't be crushing on this dude it's not right but meanwhile the team See the chemistry between Wes and Jen, and are like, no, 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 you guys are great together. You should totally go for it. And right around the time, I'll st- oh, go ahead. Just, to, just to
2: clarify, it is her ex fiance's descendant, not her
3: descendant. Yeah, 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 no. yeah. Okay, but still, like, isn't that like getting with your best friend's boyfriend, kind of? And I mean, also, now it's fraternization too, which I know that's like my new buzzword. it may it may
1: be the thousand year age gap
3: oh is it a thousand years yeah
1: they were living in the year three thousand rancic jumps back to the year two thousand so yeah there's literally a thousand year age gap or and uh what's even funnier or more dramatic is right around the time she starts to come to grips with i think i like this dude alex shows up Turns out either due to things they didn't know about or because the time stream is getting all messed with or whatever, he's actually now back and he's alive. And so now she has to come to grips with, okay, crap, which one do I want to pursue? Do I want to stay here and be with Wes or do I want to go back home and be with the man I was initially engaged to? So, because although they look a lot alike, Alex and Wes could not be more different as far as their personality.
0: So is this kind of like, like Arwen and Aragorn, who's like her cousin, but like 2,000 years apart?
1: I so didn't know Elrond. there was a, familiar tie, El- a familial tie between those two.
0: Elrond is Aragorn's uncle from like 2,000 years before he was born.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that at all. And I'm married to one of the biggest Tolkien nerds I've ever known, and she never brought that up.
0: So, yeah, Aragorn like is annoying. descended from
1: Elros.
3: Because Aragorn is a Dunedain, which, if I'm not mistaken, aren't they descendants
0: of Numenor, which is yeah, found? They're, yeah, they're the descendants of Elros, so Elrond's mm-hmm. brother.
3: Mm-hmm. But it's like so diluted, <laughs> right?
2: All right, it's well, fine. Yeah, <laughs> I I still like it. I think we're doing good. It
3: it it's really I have that I
2: know nothing about, so.
3: Me too. Like my thoughts immediately now that I know it's a thousand year age gap back to the Power Rangers. is just like if we were to go back in time a thousand years, that would be like us getting with a Viking or something or an, a freaking Anglo-Saxon who didn't bathe. Think about what people were like. Like, I don't know. What would three thousand year people behave like? Would they be OK with that? Are they like transcended? Are they just like orbs of light? I don't know. Uh-
2: I would say go watch
3: Futurama, and you can find out a lot more about that. <laughs> no, because Futurama traumatized me with the dog episode.
1: Oh, oh that episode. He Aww. waited like a good boy.
3: I know, because that's all I can boy. think of when it comes to like time skipping. I mean, I love Futurama.
1: Oh, and for the record, my Time Force badge.
3: Nice. Very, very nice.
1: Autographed by the Red
3: Ranger. That's cool. I have one Power Ranger fact or like fun not really a fact I guess but I'm assuming you're talking about like the live action show but I know that they had a cartoon as well and one of my my best friends since kindergarten babysat for Tony Oliver who was the voice of the Red Power Ranger and he also has voiced a ton of anime roles and so growing up when we would go to Anime Expo he would always like take us and we that's how i met all the voice actors when i was a teenager
1: Tony oliver was the voice of either saba the white rangers sword or the power ranger the megazord voice
3: i thought he i don't know whoever tony oliver voiced in power rangers i could be wrong because i never watched the show (laughs) but like he voiced somebody he also voiced lupon the third um in the movie i think anyway i don't really know like i said i didn't know him from being a voice actor i knew him because of my best friend
1: i literally have the power ranger lightning bolt tattooed on my back with the words once a ranger underneath it so Mm -hmm.
3: yeah tony oliver is awesome don't know about power rangers clearly a lot of people love it i just never got into it but yeah that's my one my little fact the only tie i have to power rangers what is your favorite romance, non-game, Apollo? Do you have one? Do you have two?
0: I'll go with my one that I said immediately when I saw the poll. And I'm going with, I'm, I am I got to go with Willow and Terra. I, I absolutely love Willow and Terra. Just from the fact that, so we get Willow in the beginning of Buffy's, kind of nerdy, shy, blah, 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 blah. She gets with Oz. That kind of falls apart and then she meets somebody where she really discovers her sexuality and discovers who she really is. We get to see that whole relationship blossom. We get to see it fall apart when they do the whole magic as drugs and addiction thing with Willow where everything just completely falls apart for her. We manage to get them back together, and then we get—it's one of two episodes— of shows that I like that I can never watch again. One I can never watch where Charlie dies on Supernatural again. And I cannot watch the episode where Tara dies in Buffy again because I didn't have a clue that was gonna I didn't watch it when it first came out. I was I watched it on DVDs, but I didn't know anything. And that happened and I was just like, This didn't happen. This there's no way this happened. And then you go to the next one and like, oh, it happened. And I mean the way she plays willow as her devastation in that scene like i can't do it i could never watch that again like i don't even like thinking about it now but i think that whole relationship was so amazing the way they did it
3: i have a question again Uh uh-huh i might be the only one in this little group right now that didn't actually watch buffy i watched angel (laughs) it was just weird i know but um so Tara Both? died. Does does this romance count as a non-canon one or were they actually together? No, they were together.
0: Oh, totally uh, okay. Let, Tara is the one who, who like lets Willow become... Her sexuality comes out. Willow realized that she's actually a lesbian when she gets with Tara. Although they did hint
1: at it a couple of times earlier in the show, like when you find evil Willow, it's like, I'm so evil and skanky and I
3: think I'm kind of gay. <laughs> I feel they're like I need to watch so Buffy. Good.
2: We can sidebar that conversation about what it is to watch Buffy as an adult with our grown up eyes and compare okay. to when I watched it as a kid who was like, Oh my god, these high schoolers look so old and they're doing such cool things. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, Oh, honey, you're seventeen. No. Oh boy.
3: I can't even watch Euphoria because of that <laughs> as an adult. It shows too much for me, but yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Right. Going into I it.
2: agree. Apollo, the Willow and Tara relationship is so one. It was kind of groundbreaking as it was for, you know, primetime TV to have an openly and honest lesbian relationship be prominent and not be this whole i'm turning lesbian because i we want to push the envelope and be lesbian on tv
0: no it was it it, the first lesbian kiss on tv i I, I feel like that popped into my head i don't think so On, on on like regular television network network television
2: I would have to do a little bit more research on timelines and things like that because I don't think that it was the first lesbian kiss. Because of who I'm going to talk about, they also did that. Um, because my favorite on screen romance is between Xena and Gabrielle. And that, to me, is like the pinnacle of these two women who were the best of friends, developed such a deep trust and love and respect for each other. And then it turned physical and I just loved it. They have multiple, I love you's. They have a couple of like, I wouldn't call them sex scenes because you can't do that on regular TV. But they have kissing scenes. They have wake up the next morning holding each other scenes, alluding to the fact that they had been together the night before. So,
1: yeah. I think I just never finished Xena. So, like I said, I thought it was just heavily alluded to. I didn't know it was confirmed. So, good for for that. that. Yeah.
2: But they were also in a very open relationship. Um, They still both dated other men. They had other relationships with men. But they were the only two women that they dated i will be monogamous with my girlfriend but my boys on the side they don't really matter
3: um
0: what year looks like la law in 1991 was the first lesbian kiss on network television
3: well oh. google lied to me it said what? a 1994 soap opera called brookside which i've never heard of but i'm like okay so apparently early 90s was when the first lesbian kiss occurred in some show somewhere.
2: And I think the first gay kiss was Will and Grace between uh, Jack and Will. I remember I that episode that show. specifically because it was like Jack and Will were not dating at all. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. just friends and they were like they were they were supposed to be so in the show There was supposed to be the first gay kiss to happen on TV and it was supposed to be on a show that they were going to sit and watch together. And they're like, what? They cut the scene. So they went to where somebody was recording live news and they stood behind the camera and just made out with each other. So that way, two gay men could be kissing on TV and they couldn't cut it because it was live.
3: According to Stonewall.org in the UK... There says there's a BBC One drama called Coming Out in 1979. It was the first kiss between two men, but that was
0: for the UK. I'm not sure about it, the US. Okay. Apparently the first passionate gay kiss on US television was on Dawson's Creek.
3: Yeah. Jack McPhee and his boyfriend, Ethan. The gay kiss that made history. That's what Google said. Cute. No, love it. I also love Will and Grace.
2: There's are so many good relationships in TV series. Uh, I have others that I could talk about too. Um, besides just and Gabrielle. It's just that that one kind of affected me at the right age to be like, this is allowed. This is okay. Strong, badass, beautiful women can be strong and love each other. And then also love men. And women? And demigods and gods and underworld creatures? Okay. Alright.
3: The groundwork for our podcast was born on that day.
2: (laughs) Yes. And there are musical episodes and dancing episodes, and they have children, and so they're babies, and then that is why I have a chakram tattoo on my arm very prominently. Because Xena was extremely influential to a young gen brain. Yay. What about you, V? I'm
3: apparently the only one to pick an anime couple because that is what I was when I was a kid. I had to think about like what my favorite couple that actually ended up together was because I tend to have the uh, ship bug where I just want different people to get together. Enemies to lovers is the bane of my existence slash has me by the throat so that usually doesn't work out. <laughs> so I had to think about this a lot. And then I thought of one couple that I, they, they never like explicitly, like they were together, but you never got to really see much of their romance, much to my huge disappointment. But I really, really loved as a teenager and still to this day, the romance between Roy Mustang and Reza Hawkeye in Full Metal Alchemist. That anime, if you guys have seen that, I don't know if you have, hopefully some listeners out there have. And um, another anime called Blood Plus, where the main character, her name is Saya. And she has this, like, his role is called a chevalier, which is knight in French. But, like, she's like a vampire, and he's kind of like a thrall, essentially. He serves her, and he also plays cello, which is literally the reason why I started playing cello as a teenager. Their relationship together, oof, so good. So both of them, but I picked Risa and Roy they're in the military and yes I know I know I've been like shouting on the rooftops about fraternization and Roy Mastang is technically Reza's freaking boss but whatever the amount of times she saves his ass and it's just it's just such a great romance and it's one of those where like he's kind of oblivious to how she feels about him and his friends and like everyone around them is always like you're such a dumbass, like don't you see how she feels and then they finally end up together and it's just such Such a nice payoff, and then they get a kiss in one of the movies, and I remember that. I freaked out. It was great. It just made me so happy. I love that romance. And she was actually my first cosplay. Well, my first cosplay at Anime Expo was Reza Hawkeye. It
2: was a good time. Oh, that was a lot. Okay, so yes, I did watch Full Metal Alchemist, but it's been a long time since I did, and I don't know if I actually completed it. Oh, but I only watched Full Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So I don't know if that's the one you're talking about.
3: Well, Brotherhood followed the manga way more closely. Like the original show is what I was talking about, although I have watched Brotherhood as well. And I think Reason why I have a romance in the manga and Brotherhood also. But the original show, just like Fullmetal Alchemist, was what I watched because that was what was on Adult Swim, like when I was in high school. And um, yeah, it was great. It just, it like, the manga, I think, wasn't finished coming out. So when they reached that certain point, they just fanfictioned it, kind of. Yeah. And it's still really great. They have a lot of nice filler episodes. I want to do,
2: like, <laughs> a couple more rounds of this. Because there are so many, like, influential and, like, relationships in so many different forms of media. So, because, like, even just looking at the list, we, you know... Books, movies, comic book, TV shows, you know, and I have so many other nerdy ones to talk about, too. I just love it. Like, there's the relationship uh, between Fitzsimmons on the Marvel show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That, to me, is such an amazing relationship because it spans over multiple seasons. So you get the whole relationship dynamic of, yes, we're co-workers they well yes they are military they are actually the same rank so there's no issues with that at all then they fall in love and all the struggles that they have to maintain their relationship it gives you such a good look into this is what it's like in the real world to have somebody that you love who also has to put their life in danger
3: oh my sister made a good point. I did not bring up Laura Olympus, but that is also <laughs> ooh, the retelling of Persephone and Hades. Love story. Love story. Um, quote unquote. Anyway, it is an actual love story in Laura Olympus. Oh, it's so good.
0: Okay. Should well, we I go have on? another one. I really like, are you going to mid break? No, go ahead. I mean, I also really like, and I know, and I know V likes the show. I really, really, really like Lucifer and Chloe. I mean, you've got Lucifer living since before the world was even created, and he finally meets someone who makes him vulnerable and makes him almost human in the sense that he can actually be wounded and potentially killed when she's around because of the vulnerability. And the way the show ended, I mean, a lot of shows we can complain about how they ended, but dear God, the final episode of that show was amazing. I was bawling, dude. My I've girlfriend cried the, the whole time. Yet. Well, it's amazing.
3: It, it's one of those shows that actually really ends well. Like, the last season I watched was the
1: one with Eve. I haven't seen past that.
3: Dude, that scene where she's like passed out and he gets his wings out and protects her while he's screaming. That shit lives in my brain rent free forever. I swear to God. I'm like someone pulled that out of the depths of my soul and was like, here you go. You need to see this on your television with this extremely hot British man. I'm like, okay, okay, thank you. It was so good.
1: My wife and I have had many conversations over uh, Lucifer and Chloe versus Lucifer and Eve.
3: I don't like Eve with Lucifer. She's bad for him. She's not bad inherently. I love who she ends up with at the end.
1: I disagree. I, I oh, do you
3: a- know who she ends up with?
1: No, I just okay. uh, I just know that the discussion that, I, that we had, she and I, was, um, this was right around the time that, you know, Lucifer has revealed himself to Chloe. And I'll be honest, again, maybe I'm the wrong demographic, but the fact that he's been telling her from day one who he is, he has been completely honest with her. And now that she's finally confronted with the truth, there's no way for her to deny it anymore. Now she's hesitant and she doesn't want to be with him. Meanwhile, Eve Mm -hmm. is his first love, somebody that knows who he is, loves who he is, and, you know, is, and if I'm being completely honest, I thought Eve was hotter. But there was just so many dynamics of it to where I'm like, if it was me, I'd have gone with Eve. She already knows
3: who you are. She loves who you are. This girl is like, I don't know if I can be with you. So here's the thing. I love Lucifer and I tolerate Chloe. Like, it doesn't really matter who he would have ended up with for me. I just, I love him. I love, I, I do like Chloe. I love how it ends. But I will say, if she pissed me off when she was like, I don't know. I'm like, uh, the way I would just lay down and be like, take me like that one lady and How to Train Your Dragon. Are you kidding me, Chloe? You're like, I don't know if I want to be with you.
0: He's like an angel. Pretty shocking to know to re- to come to the realization that you've been with a literal angel I don't for all know. this time. Like, that would be a shock. I wouldn't believe <laughs> some if somebody if I was with somebody and she kept telling me she was a literal angel, I'd be like, Yeah, whatever. Ha, 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 ha. I think and I'm so I desensitized. Truth, I would be like, Okay, this just got fair. Weird. I
1: don't think it was his wings that was the first thing she finally saw. It was his devil face, which yeah. It has a whole different dynamic. I
3: fell in love with a Turian. I think I would be okay. Like in real life, if someone was like turned into a demon, but was like, don't worry, I love you. I'm like, okay, I've trained my whole life for this. Like so I'm she's ready. She's also
0: spent her whole life hearing what the devil really is. And so to finally meet the devil and to realize that's not what he really is. I mean, that's, that's a big leap
3: so that's also like my whole shtick too though i'm just like the villain's not that bad though if hot then why bad i and don't get right, it
1: since i know relationship means more than just romance my favorite relationship on lucifer was uh oh crap i can't think of their name now um his demon sidekick and Mazikeen. the daughter
3: maz yeah mazakeen maz
1: and the uh chloe's daughter
3: yeah They have a cute relationship. They are adorable.
1: They're great. Their little high-five thing, I was like, oh, I love these two. I
0: love it. The whole show is great. You two gotta finish it. I don't know.
2: I think I'm having...
0: It's on I'm getting to it.
2: I think I'm having closure anxiety because once I watch it, then it's done. And I don't want it to be done. So if I never watch the end, then it's never... It's never gone.
0: That's how we do that. It was six months after it ended before we finally watched the last three episodes because we were like, it's over if we finish watching it. And we just don't want it to end, but we finally are like, we've Mm got to finish this. Still
3: haven't seen the last episode of The Expanse for that exact reason. I love that show. It's so good.
2: Okay. Before we tangent further and talk more, let's head to our mid break and then. We can talk about whatever we want to talk about next. So mid-break, let's listen to the sponsors of the show, thank our patrons, and then we'll get back into it. Welcome to the middle of the show where we thank you, our listeners, for being here. Week in, week out, we have such a dedicated fan circle and I love each and every single one of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, we don't have any new reviews to read out, and we don't have any new patrons to shout out this week. But I would like to say that we have 123 ratings on Spotify. Uh, can we get to 125? Uh, my birthday is next week. I would love to be able to announce that we hit 125. Okay, please thank you. And of course, we thank the patrons. Paulo and Toasty, Becky and Batnight. Cloudy and Wynn. Mystios, the cups, Lizzie, and Muffiny Cake. You all are amazing. Thank you. Beyond everything, thank
3: you. I don't have anything else to add for the middle of the show other than thank you also patrons for, you know, being patrons and stuff. (laughs) I guess that we can break dance back into
2: the show dance it backwards can we dance backwards what would that look like let's moonwalk moonwalk it back into the show chaos i I love the chaos of this show and with patreon chat it just gets even more chaotic and it's my favorite i have nothing else but yay for chaos
3: Yeah, there's no way to know how this will go. But I want to do the next topic, the one that I had about... I don't know if everyone else has, like, an answer lined up for this the way that I do. (laughs) But, like, do you guys have any, like, shipped people that you were like, I wish they had gotten together and it's not canon for whatever? It doesn't have to be a game. It could be a game if you want, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like a couple, you were you really like for instance, Hermione Granger and Draco Malfoy. Get out of my brain! <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh,
2: no, yeah. Like I
3: shipped, me. I wrote fan fiction about that couple because I wanted them to end up together.
2: Uh, can I ship us? You and I will have to get together. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> um, I ship Morden. And Arya Taloke, because he wrote fan fiction about the two of them getting together. So I want to see that. I, I mean, I don't have to see you see it, but I at least want that to happen.
0: She was alive for part. I mean, they could have hooked up. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He obviously knew her to write fan fiction, you know, like he saw her from across the room under the glow of The Afterlife or whatever the name of her club was on Omega. And he was just like, oof, that is sorry. And wrote a whole ass fan fiction and narrated it. It was great. Yeah.
0: Um, I want them to happen. I have a very specific one. Very specific. So in the X-Files, there's an episode. It's one of my favorite episodes called The Field Where I Died. It's where they go in and infiltrate this cult, this doomsday cult kind of thing. And Mulder meets a woman and he does this like past life hypnosis and he realizes that everybody that people bond and they keep meeting over and over and over again life after life sometimes they may just come in for a minute sometimes blah 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 but then he meets somebody in that cult that he was in love with in the past and like it's like it's one of the more heartbreaking episodes for Mulder to me like I would have liked for her to not for them to have gotten together somehow even if... It was just for a day or whatever. I would have liked Mulder and the woman he met in the field where I died to get together.
3: I don't remember that specific episode, but I always remember not liking that him and Scully got together because I just feel like that's stupid. So I agree. I don't even care who she is. They should have ended up together.
0: It wouldn't have worked if she hadn't died in the episode, but I would have liked liked for them to have gotten together just once in this lifetime.
3: Yeah. Yeah that's so sad do you have a uh non together canon but you ship them romance bat night
1: i'm actually looking at my movies and shows and whatnot and i'm trying to i mean apparently i'm terrible at coming up with that kind of stuff uh because i've been putting goofy suggestions in the chat right now and none of them are super serious um I, I've, I've never been very good at coming up with two random characters and seeing, or and saying, I think that this would work if it was these two characters. I'm usually better at I just decide whether or not I like an established one. Again, it, it's sad that my brain went straight to this, but the first thing that popped in my head was I don't know if this counts because they allude very heavily. Um, Power Rangers also has a comic that is a separate timeline. It's the Mighty Morphin group doing all kinds of other adventures that wasn't on the show. And there's an event called uh, Shattered Grid where an evil character named Lord uh, Draken is coming around and like jumping from dimension to dimension and killing rangers left and right. And so a a group of the surviving rangers from various uh, universes have to come together to form a group. And it's funny that Jason... The original Red Ranger from Mighty Morphin and Lauren, who was the uh, Red Samurai Ranger, they kind of hint that those two are are digging each other. Now, you wouldn't ever be able to see it in live action because the actor that played Jason in the TV shows, you know, 50 and uh, and the girl that played Lauren is closer to like her 20s. So we wouldn't be able to see that in live action, but I actually liked the idea of this time displaced, right. You know, J- Jason and his prime and Lauren, you know, I was like, you know, those two would have really worked out and we don't really see Jason getting to be with anybody over the course of the series. So, I mean, I've also heard rumors that, you know, there was something going on between him and Trini. And then one of the funnier uh, uh, fan theories I've ever heard is that, Kimberly eventually leaves Tommy and gives him a John Deere letter, just, Tommy, I've met somebody else. And so the joke has been, oh, it was Jason. But I don't know. I'm, I'm terrible at coming
0: up with situations like that. I, Yeah. I have one more from real life from back in the day. So 15-, 16-year-old me had the most ungodly crush on Debbie Gibson that you could possibly imagine. But the only person at the time – 16-year-old me thought that was good enough for her and I thought she should date was Richard Marks for whatever reason I thought Richard Marks was a good dude but he's actually turned out to be a pretty good dude but I mean he sings don't mean nothing I don't know you you probably know the songs if you heard it but that was a real life shift that I wanted to happen because he 16-year-old me with the crush on Debbie Gibson thought he was the only guy good enough for her Richard Marks wasn't right here waiting was he? Yeah, he
3: was. Yay, older knowledge. (laughs) I think I'm the youngest one here, and I don't know who you're talking about at all. But I'm not that young, so I don't know why. Maybe I lived under a rock.
0: Google him. You probably would at least recognize one or two of his songs. Um, (laughs) He had some of the greatest 80s hair.
3: Just real quick. The chat has reminded me that I forgot to mention, just an honorable mention for one couple for the my favorite romance roy kent and keely in ted lasso oh my god do i ship i mean they're they're together but like i love them together just real fast if you haven't watched ted lasso you you just need to it's so good but the answer that i have for this question which is like the ones that did not end up together that i i swear to god i will hold this grudge until the day i die the fact. Katara and Zuko did not get together in Avatar The Last Airbender. I will never forgive Nickelodeon for that. That I okay, if you guys haven't seen that show, then this will make no sense. I just rewatched the whole thing again. I've seen it so many times. It's my favorite show, probably of all time, in many ways. Like it's some of the best shit out there. But they belong together. I don't care what anyone says. The fact that she ended up with Aang is a travesty. It's a crime. They should be in jail. She should have been with Zuko. The fact that Zuko ended up with May also a crime. She is the most blah, boring, blah, like, I, no. It's so horrible that they didn't end up together. So yeah, hopefully there's some listener out there who was like screaming at their speakers like, yes, I always wanted them to get together too because they should have.
2: I have only watched like the first- three seasons two and a half seasons of that but there's my like three seasons <laughs> okay so then i got to the point where they're searching for a firebender
3: to teach him and you're then... almost done and they got zuko uh, prince zuko the one with a scar on his face yeah also favorite relationship just period but to, like non-romantic uncle iroh and zuko his nephew mm-hmm. Ooh. True love right there. Well,
1: Iroh, he, he may not have been Zuko's dad, but that
3: dude is a definition of dad. I'm not even kidding you. That I love that show so much. You all need to watch it. I mean, freaking Mark Hamill is
1: Fire Lord Ozai. <laughs> Anytime you have that. Mark Hamill be a villain, it's a win.
3: Yep, Mark Hamill voiced Fire Lord Ozai, which I didn't know until this most recent rewatch of the series. And I'm like, oh my God, Mark Hamill. I didn't recognize your voice because you're so good at changing it.
1: It's truly sad how good Luke Skywalker is at playing a villain.
2: He's done so many of those. Like he's he's a voice actor that will hide from you. Like there's so much stuff that I was like, really, that's him. You just don't know.
0: Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about Laura Bailey. Like I'll listen to some, I'll watch something, and and I'll see Laura Bailey in it, and like. She's amazing. She can change her voice 47 different ways.
3: Oh, agreed. Also, the lady that voices Azula in Avatar is also like literally every single cartoon character from the 90s and early 2000s uh, from our childhood. She Her voice is a true chameleon. I can't remember her name right now, but you should look her up. She's in everything.
2: I also love every relationship dynamic on the TV show The Magicians. That entire show is one of my favorite romance series. Uh, Because there are hookups. Yeah, there are hookups, there are breakups, there are long-lasting friendships, there are deaths. Um, Margo and Elliot are my two favorite characters of, like, I love, I absolutely love them. Okay. So opening up the podcast to include all of these non-game romances is such a huge ass topic. I feel like we could talk about this for like hours and hours. And maybe if we ever throw this, this question up again on the list of topics you can select, we should narrow it down to one form of media. So... Bring in your favorite book romance character. Bring to us your favorite movie, TV series, things like that. Like I might not have a whole lot to add to the comic book genre, but I've read a couple and I'm aware of relationships that happen in comic books. So let's bring this topic back up at a future date, but let's kind of wrap it up for the night. And close it out here, uh, Apollo. You have anything going on that you want to shout out?
0: Um, nothing particularly at the moment. No, I don't think so.
2: But if you want to hear Apollo talk even more about his tally love and a sorry to tit- Enturian penis, <laughs> go listen to the Mass Effect Lorecast, where he has been on a majority, if not all, of the patron chats. Yay. Bat
1: night. what you got going on? Hello there. I do that at the beginning of every one of my streams. All I've got going on is I'm still plugging away at streaming. Uh, I've gotten a regular habit of streaming on Wednesday nights. Uh, I call it We Ain't Afraid Wednesday. I try to play something spooky. Although I've been focusing a lot on Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed lately simply because I got into the uh, local Ghostbuster group. Uh, so I've, I've just incorporated that. But um, Sundays, hit or miss. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But Wednesdays is a definite. So I usually just, I'll, I aim for about 9 o'clock whenever I can get the kids in bed. So.
2: 9 p.m. Eastern or what's your time zone?
1: Eastern, yeah, Eastern.
2: All right, good to know. Uh, so yes, go follow Daddy Batnight. I believe that's Daddy Underscore Batnight um, on Twitch, and he posts frequently to our Shipsters Who Stream channel on the Two Girls One Ship Discord server. So that way, you can follow the link on there as well. Go give him a follow, and a listen, and a watch, and a view, and a laugh, and send him, tell him
3: the girls sent me here,
2: and then he'll know where you came from. Yay!
3: So oh my gosh. And she also just said to say the girls send their regards and that is accurate. Like if you join Bat Night stream, please say the girls send your regards.
2: <laughs> that sounds so threatening and ominous. Like the girls. Send their I love it. <laughs>
1: What's funny is I've actually alluded to you guys on my streams. I uh yeah. So
2: thank you. We love plugging each other. It is what we are here to do. Love, support, Stan. <laughs> yeah. Upcoming schedule for June, because it's going to be a little bit different. We are re recording... So for June, it's going to be a little bit different. We will be recording and live streaming on Friday, June 2nd. And that is going to be adding to our Garris conversation and pre-recording an intro for an interview that will be coming out on Friday or that will be coming out on Monday the 12th. So there will be no live stream on Friday the 9th. Uh, V and I are taking the night off. We're going to go out and have some fun, or at least I'm going out and having some fun because it is my birthday week. And I like to do something every night of the week. So the 9th, I am taking it off. So if you like what you are hearing, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or drop us a five-star rating on Spotify. And leave your comments there, too. You can now find me on the Cyberpunk Lorecast with my co-host, Toasty, where we explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk. And, of course, on our Two Girls One Ship channel on the Robots Radio Discord. Come give us a follow on all the social medias and on Patreon.com slash Two Girls One Ship. Links to those are in the description.
3: I am on the Robots Radio Discord as well. And on our own Two Girls, One Ship Discord server, where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check out our live streams on Twitch on Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday.
1: So thanks for listening. And remember that beauty is in the eye of the controller.
0: Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the host of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora.
1: And all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts.
0: We hope to see you soon.